Hey, what is up? It's John Nelson, and this is the Starting Block Podcast. If you're looking for a show for complete athletic development that cuts through all of the misinformation and all of the marketing gimmicks on social media, then we are the show for you. So... If you are new to the show, I'll give you a little breakdown of how it works. Uh, we have a couple different episodes. So the first type of episode that we have is going to be the most common. This is the soup of the day, the soup du jour. That is our ode to Dumb and Dumber. Um, that is going to be where uh, my co-host and I, Chris, talk uh, about uh, a topic, um, break it down pretty in-depthly. Um, maybe strength, speed, nutrition, rehab, um, anything along those lines. The second type of episode that we have is uh, going to be a Q&A, so we'll usually take two or three questions and uh, from our listeners, from you guys, and we'll answer those. Uh, it can be from any variety of topics, uh, anything on strength, speed, uh, your skill work, and just how to win in general. Um, the other type of episode is going to be like a normal guest interview. Um, this is basically like every other podcast in the entire world, if you've ever listened to a podcast, where they have a guest come on and uh, ask some questions and hear their success stories. And the last episode that we have is uh, going to be our Friday Fire episode, and that is going to be where I get on the mic for about uh, 10, 20 minutes, and I just uh, brain dump on you, um, kind of let you into what goes on in John's head. Um, and uh, those will be your Friday Fire episodes. So today, today's episode is going to be, um, honestly, a Q&A and kind of a blend of a soup du jour. So um, we had a couple different questions uh, about some strength and size stuff. And so we're just going to kind of take those questions and build it into a topic. And so with that, I want to welcome my kick-ass co-host, Chris Scarborough. What's, what's up, up, bro? What's up, what's up? So let's get going, all right? Um, let's talk about the bench press. All right. So do you even bench bro? Like, do you even bench Chris? I think the last time I bench pressed was, um, about 12 years ago. So 2010, somewhere in, in there, last time I got uh, on a bench and actually did it. Yeah. Okay. That, that was you. So you're what? Probably like 22 years old when that happened. Something like, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> All right. So, all right, so the bench, um, you know, everybody wants a big bench, right? And I'm guilty of it, too. Like, I'm, you know, for any new listeners to the show, you know, we do pride ourselves on being, you know, very advanced. Um, you know, what we do, like, we're, we, you know, both Chris and I, like, we, we bring a lot of experience to the table and a lot of different variety of education, so we do pride ourselves, you know, on that for sure. But I will openly admit, if you don't know me, I'm a meathead at heart, there's no doubt. Um, that's how I got started in all this. Um, I love to bench. <laughs> and so like, I don't know, the bench is usually brought up quite a bit. Like, oh, I gotta get, uh, I gotta get stronger in the bench, but it's also super controversial too. Like, you know, Chris, I know, you know, you and I both work with a lot of baseball players and you know, the bench press is always, you know, kind of one of those lifts that some people will do. Some people stay away, you know, it's kind of a taboo topic. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Like what, what are your, what are your thoughts on the bench? Well, I mean, just based on your reference there to uh, baseball players, I, I have no problem with uh, baseball players bench pressing. Yeah, see, I don't either. Yeah, it's it's um, wh- where that comes from. Um, I think a lot of times you'll find therapists or physicians or whoever, and they'll have, you know, they'll have their baseball player kid that comes in, say, "Oh, I hurt my shoulder. I bench press." Blah 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 blah, and. Um, Oh well, you shouldn't be bench pressing. Well, I I would say that um, 
you can bench press incorrectly and probably hurt the shoulder. Uh, you can, uh, you could do almost, <coughs> almost anything incorrectly and hurt your shoulder. <laughs> so, sure. you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, d anything done incorrectly is probably setting you up for a problem. Um, that said, you know, bench pressing, uh, in good position is fine. So why, so why do you think that is? Cause like, let's, let's start with kind of on the, on the rehab or PT side of it. I mean, you know, for, again, for any new listeners, somebody who doesn't know, I mean, Chris, you are, you know, your former, you know, physical therapist, you know, and, and I, don't, you know, I know you, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, that, that's <laughs> well, stuff. Chris, you should be, I mean, you're proud of the education, man. Like, you, you know, you're, you're a smart dude. Like, I think you should take some credit for that. I mean, I understand you don't, you don't practice anymore and all that, but like from your view on that, like why, why do you think you hear that so much from doctors or, or therapists? Like, oh yeah, you know, the bench is bad for your shoulder. Like why? I don't understand why, you, why people say that. So they're so quick to blame that. Well, again, I mean, I think it still comes down to, you know, so many of their uh, kids will come in and, you know, they'll, they'll have uh, an injured shoulder. Now, who knows whether it was from a bench press or not? Uh, right. No, I agree, but I feel like that's usually the uh, first thing that people go to. Right. It's like, oh yeah, you got to stop benching with the bar. You got to go to, you know, go to your go to dumbbells. Yes. Yes. Which, I mean, okay, you mess up a bench press of a bar, you can mess up dumbbells as well. Uh, Seriously. So it's like, if anything, dumbbells are probably harder to control than the bar. Um, you know, that's I, I don't know. I don't I don't know where that comes from. I mean, it's not based on anything other than it's very easy to get the the ego in the way and try to lift too much um in which case you're probably going to throw in some strange compensation patterns and the next thing you know could you hurt a shoulder or hurt a neck absolutely you could um i personally never injured a shoulder bench pressing i injured my neck twice bench pressing uh, how'd you do that what happened i uh, just got all wonky you know is the best way to describe it Got out of position, uh, you know, how you know, people turn their head. You know, remember, you're trying to compensate. Your brain only knows lift the weight. That's all it knows. So I was trying to say, say that one more time, Chris. You cut out pretty bad. It, if you're trying to bench press, your, your brain only thinks lift the weight. It's like, what's the objective? Lift the weight. Get it off my chest. Lift the weight and do it. It doesn't. No, <laughs> it only knows the, the best way to get there. It doesn't know uh, perfect technique. It's just like, get this bar off my chest. So, yeah. you know, got out of position. Uh, you know, could I, can I replay that in my head a little bit? But uh, just got out of position. And next thing you know, injured my neck. Yeah, I think that's a, a good distinction to make, too, is, you know, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what you said there, but, uh, guys, you have to remember – that the bench, the squat, the deadlift, like those are skills. Like some somewhere along the line, I mean, I don't know, maybe you know, maybe back in your day, Chris, I don't know, but like <laughs> some somewhere along the line, they became these main lifts that every high school kid had to do. You know, girl, boy, you know, whatever pronoun you identify with, whatever, like everybody like started to do that for some reason. And I guess maybe just because it's the classical lifts, I, I don't know, but somewhere along the line, those became the standard for every single school almost in the country to do. But 
people forget like those are actual skills that you have to develop it's no different than you know throwing or you know um or swinging a golf club or a bat like you develop there's a whole freaking sport for that particular skill it's called powerlifting right right and and i think people are way too quick to just jump in to benching like super super fast um without developing the prerequisites to be able to do it without developing the proper technique um you know, and I, I remember a couple of years ago, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and I always thought I had like, you know, decent technique. I mean, I never really spent a ton of time in the beginning of my career, you know, teaching athletes, you know, like the really intricate details of bench pressing. And then I had a, a world renowned power lifter and, and doctor come into our facility from, uh, from up North. And, uh, I mean, he chewed my ass out. Like he lit me up left and right, uh, you know, about it. And, and honestly, he made a lot of good points. And so ever since then, I really started kind of changing how I approach the bench, at least with my athletes. But we'll talk about technique in a second. But how do you incorporate like bench press with your crew, Chris, or, or do you even? Yeah, we do quite a bit, actually. Um, now, we don't bench press year round. Uh, we tend to go very much on the velocity end. So we will. Um, I don't have a, uh, a Tendo unit. That's that's a device that measures uh, power output. Um, but if you know, if we did, uh, if anybody's listening and wants to get me a Christmas present, I'd like one, please. Yeah, it's a Tendo unit. T E N. Yeah. They're only about eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, so I we got a couple of people in the gym right now training, and one of them's a business owner, and so he's looking at me right now. Um, I'd like a Tendo unit for Christmas, two, please, two, sir. Two of them. Two of them. <laughs> two, two, two. Chris wants one too. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's a, it's a great way to measure power output um, with whatever weight you have. So we would go, uh, we would tend to go w- half of, of someone's max. And we would do, you know, sets of five very, very fast. But if you recall, if, if you listen to the interview we did with Jay Schroeder, I mean, he's got a very specific bench press technique where the, the chin is tucked, but the head is back on the bench, pulling it with the hamstrings just like you are doing a wall squat. Okay, think of, mm-hmm. you know, think of that position. Your legs are as if you are doing a wall squat. You pull the bar down, you stop it just prior to it hitting your chest, and you drive it right back up as fast as possible. And those, uh, you know, we would do sets of, of five. Um, if we start noticing that speed drop, that's where the set stops. Okay. So do you? <clears throat> so you tend to use it more for, I'll say, dynamic effort method work, more more speed velocity work, whatever. Absolutely. You know, speed, speed, strength stuff. Okay, cool. Um, do you use your bench, you know, do you incorporate it for, like, maximum strength development? No, we do not. No? no Why I don't not? Have, well, we don't have athletes advanced enough to, to, okay. to warrant that. Um, I'm not saying we never would, uh, but that's not how I'm going to use it with most of the athletes I have. The ones that are. Uh, are uh, we have some some that bench press at school during their school workouts? So I let, I don't try to mess with that. I'm like, look, y'all are already doing this somewhere else. So you know, we reinforce the technique and then uh, go for the speed. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think as knowledge continues to get out there, you know, and there's podcasts out there or blogs and stuff that, you know. <sighs> help these coaches, you know, learn how to, you know, bench the right way and, and teach it the right way. At least I feel like I've noticed in our area, like 
there's starting to be a little bit more emphasis on max strength development. Now, you know, I still see all the time, I see college coaches, I see high school coaches, whether they're CSCS certified or whether bullshit certification they have, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, they'll they'll do, like, bodybuilding style stuff. Like, they're still doing 15, 12, 10, 8, 8, 6, 4, you know, back up to 6, 8, 10, 12. And it's like, holy shit, man, like, you know, you're doing so much volume on this stuff. They say, oh, it builds strength. And first off, no, it doesn't build strength. And so, Chris, I think you probably you should, I think you probably agree with me on that one. Like, that does not build strength, okay? That's different than hypertrophy. It doesn't build strength, all right? Now, maybe for somebody very untrained, it might develop some baseline relative strength, but it does not develop absolute strength. That's bodybuilding-style stuff. And... I think that's where people really tend to get in trouble too, is they take the bench and they start to do too much bodybuilding style stuff. Yeah, right, know, right. Or, and, and now stop and think about it. So once again, our audience is going to tend to fall into the athletic uh, end of things. So football player, baseball player, um, athlete of some sort. And let's go back to pitching for just a minute. Okay, let's let's think of think of your arm motions again. We've done this before, but Take out the leg part of it and take out the trunk part of it. And, yes, I am 100% aware that in pitching, those are heavily, heavily, heavily involved. Okay, so I'm not – I'm using this purely as the sake of an example. You do not have weight pushing your arms back, right? So let's say you're getting – you're pulling your arms back as if you're getting ready to throw the ball. You go, mm-hmm. you're going to take your arm away. The pitcher's going to take their arm away from the catcher, away from each other. They're going to separate the chest by, by using the muscles in their upper back, their rhomboids, the back of their shoulders, etc. They don't have a weight pushing their arms back away from each other. They are doing it on their own. So think about, as an athlete, bench pressing instead of, having that weight lower on you instead pull the weight down okay pull the weight down yes. like you're rowing all right yes which goes into the next you know i mean i'll interrupt you but that goes into the next thing of like the most important muscle groups in the bench which i want to hit on in a second we keep going right. there Chris. And so you pull you pull the bar down then you stop it and then you got to reverse it and you want to reverse it as fast mm-hmm. as possible so it's if once again I'm going to refer back to the interview we we did with Jay. What muscle in your body is not involved in a bench press? What what part of your body is not involved? The answer is none. What part of your body is not involved in a lunge? The answer is none. What part of your body is not involved in a wall squat? The answer is none. There, in reality, if we think about strength training as, as a, uh, you know, we could bench press and get an effect in our lower body, or we could we could squat and get an effect in our upper body. Absolutely, absolutely, we can, and it's um, probably a lot more powerful than we think. Um, so, once again, what part of the what part of the body is involved in uh, a bench press? Well. You take that, uh, you know, you talk talk about that uh, whatever certification you were talking about a minute ago. 
Well, what, what's that test going to say? Well, it works your chest, your shoulders, and your triceps. Where the real answer in real life is everything. Everything. It's, yeah, that's a great yeah, way to look at it. It's, uh, you know, that's the muscles that concentrically work to lift the weight, but those are not necessarily the muscles purely involved. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of two other things. You know, we'll kind of move on yep. to the second topic. <clears throat> you know, as far as the bench goes, you know, we, you know, we actually will use it for absolute strength development. Um, you know, I, I used to be a big proponent of the max effort method. You know, I, I still am to a degree, um, but I, I will, I will fully admit, I, and I've said this before, I'll go on record saying it again, is that I, I fully believe, based on what I see, that we are seeing the de-evolution of our youth. And we could talk about that, you know, really in depth another day, but kids can't move. Their joint receptors don't work like they used to. There's weakness in the tendons and ligaments and everything else. And so I feel like I have noticed, especially in the last 10 years, that a lot of, for example, the high schoolers that come in, they're not as, they're not as developed, um, not nearly as developed as they used to. Now there still are some, but the majority of them are not. And so you know, my natural course of action is I've had to kind of shift away from max effort development or using the max effort method um, with kids. Um, or I, I say kids, but when I say kids, I don't want people to misunderstand that. Like, you know, I'm talking about more advanced level high school kids, you know, that are 16, 17, 18, whatever. You know, you know what I mean. So um, I've kind of gotten away a little bit from the max effort method. Um, I still do believe there's a place for it. Um, I think working that you know working various weak points is is an important thing. Um, you know, I also think it's one of the best ways to recruit the maximum number of motor units if a kid is very um, if they're skilled enough to do it because it's a skill. Um, but then you know something as simple as like a four by five is kind of an easy way to do it. We talk about that I think in the I don't remember what episode Chris like the ISO episode or something about it. I don't know one of those episodes we talk about it. But um, you know the the main muscles to develop in the bench. Um, you know, so like if you're a high school or college athlete and you know, you want a bigger bench, I think you, you need to understand that that's not exactly like being bigger and having a bigger bench isn't always the most important thing. Like, yeah, it's cool, but like that is not going to immediately transfer onto the field. You have to understand what it is you're actually trying to train. So like if you're going to the commercial gym and you're doing a bodybuilding style workout where you're doing incline, you're doing decline, you're doing flies, you're doing flat bench, like that is not what you need. That's the exact opposite of what you need. And Chris, you interject at any point. I'm just going to keep ranting here on this. So like that's not what you need at all. That's the exact opposite. In fact, a lot of people don't even understand that the pec muscles actually aren't even really designed to do that per se, like in the bench, like, you got to understand you have the pec minor, which, okay, yeah, that's kind of part of it, okay? But then if you look at the other two, you've got the pec major clavicular and the pec major sternal. And both of those muscles are responsible for a version of humeral adduction. So, like, bringing your arm in towards the body right there. And so the clavicular, nobody can see you. If you're not watching this, if you're listening to it, like, say, you know, I'm sitting up and my arm is straight out to my side, kind of like the top of a lateral delt raise. So, like, my arm and my body are 90 degrees. Like, the humeral adduction, the clavicular is going to, you know, bring me in basically straight across, all right? And then the um, the sternal is going to go more like a diagonal type of version. So, it's like you're going to get more chest development actually doing something like a fly because <laughs> you're actually doing what the pec is supposed mm-hmm. to do. But like the most important muscles in the bench are going to be 
the lats, the rear delts, and the triceps. So if you do want to really build your bench up, if you reach that point where you're stuck and you need to build up for whatever reason, the lats, the rear delts, and the triceps, and understanding where you fail, where your weak point is, and training it from there along with those weak points, rather than just going in and you know going nuts on your bodybuilding style pyramid sets, that's about the least efficient thing you could possibly do. Good point. Um, so yeah, it's the bench press and, um, clo- you know, close the thoughts there. Let's, uh, let's go. Honestly, it kind of segued naturally into, uh, you know, the, the other question that we got asked a couple times. And like I said, this is kind of a, a, a bridge episode here. It's kind of like a, a topic of the day, but also Q and a, cause we got, we got the size question a couple times as well. And so we're just going to kind of answer that now. So, you know, is swole the goal, you know, is swole the goal is size the prize. And what is, how does that relate to, to being an athlete? Does size equal strength? Do I need to be big, Chris? Like, what's right. up? Go. Well, this is a personal experience. When I was at my biggest is when I was at, at my greatest level of absolute strength. I'm not, you, you know me, I'm not a big person at all. I'm 5'7", I weigh 155 pounds. When I was at my biggest, I was 5'7", 185 pounds. Um, I could bench press 315. I could squat. I have no idea how much I could squat. But um, if you can picture the old jump stretch bands, the old original jump stretch bands. I, yeah, I don't even okay. know what you're talking well, about. Okay, you're not old. <laughs> no, I think I think I do. I don't think our audience right, does. Though. Is, okay, you mentioned Lou Simmons. uh I think you mentioned him a couple of episodes back. Louis Simmons, Westside Barbell. All right, the original yeah. bands, big monster bands, were jump stretch. They came along way before Rogue, way before anybody else. Jump stretch were the original 200-pound band. You mean you mean Rogue and CrossFit <laughs> weren't at – they didn't come at the beginning they, of time? Yes. Oh, my God. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, fitness existed before CrossFit. Right. Holy crap! Uh, so, we had uh, Jump Stretch made these large black uh, bands. They were they could when max stretch they were two hundred pounds at max stretch. Um, each, I could take three hundred thirty five pounds on the bar in in a squat. I could strap a black band on the end of each one of those, and uh, at the top. I could literally drop down. I could I pick my feet up. I could drop down. I could catch it at the bottom and squat back up with it. Uh, Jeez. Reps. Now, I wouldn't. Okay. I would not, wow. I can't, hey, now, Chris. Now, was were those at max stretch at the top? I no. And at the bottom, of course, there, there's very little resistance at the bottom. But, but I was very very explosive in my lower body. I was never what you would call strong in that I don't know that I ever squatted 400 pounds and yet I know I could have squatted well over that you know um that said that's not really what my body was built for I was very fast twitch dominant I was a much better sprinter than I was in a weight room um and um anyhow it was uh I I was at my biggest I was 30 pounds heavier than I am right now now let me also say this. I felt like crap at 185. I was way too big for my frame. I did not feel good. I did not even look that good. 
yes, I had a lot of muscle on me, but I also had a lot of body fat, and I was not healthy. So is it the is size the prize? Well, a lot of that depends on what you're going to use it for. Um, for what I needed for daily life, no, I did not. Um, I just wanted to be bigger. I was a small person who wanted to be bigger. Yeah, I got bigger, and I did not feel great. Now, if you are a, depending on, on what your sport is, you might benefit from that. I didn't, personally. So, you know, depends on your mm. So, so like what, so like, give an example. Because you know, I know I hear it all the time. It's, it's constant. You know, dad walks in with kid. Man, coach says I got to put on 15 pounds. I got to put on 20 pounds. Yeah, somebody come in a couple weeks ago. It was like, if the kid didn't gain weight, he's not even going to play. But, like, he was actually a pretty decent performer. It's like, I can't really believe we're putting those type of standards on. So, you know, there is this perception, especially with TikTok and all the stuff of all these, you know, know, jack dudes running around. But, you know what, guess what? Jack dude also ain't making necessary, he ain't making $200 million either, you know, per se, um, you know, um, in the league. So, how, how does size relate, and is it important, you know, for these high school kids? When is it important? When's it not, in well, your opinion? Well, if you were a, a, uh, a lineman and, you know, you need to have a certain amount in football, you need a certain amount of mass just to kind of hang in there with a, 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 another lineman, maybe, you know, keeps you from getting bowled over. But, you know, once again, if you get to your opponent quicker than they can get to you um, – I don't know that that matters that much. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Like we were actually just talking about that this morning. Like one of my uh, one of my offensive linemen just walked out of here. If you were watching the video, too, I just waved to. Like he's six five two or or three thirty, I think six five three thirty. And like I'm six two two twenty five. I'll vary between two twenty five two thirty. <laughs> like he makes me look small. And, like, I'm the size of probably a cornerback-ish, maybe a small linebacker. You know, if I ran up against him, he'd crush me. Right. Crush me. John's taking a little coughing break here for just – Yeah, yeah, sorry. I lost my voice last week. But, so like, yeah, I need to increase size for sure. Excuse me. I need to increase the size. But, you know, I think that's that's a rare example, yeah. I think. It, it, and that type, it's a physical, like collision-based sport, and so you know I, I do think that does matter. But let's go to baseball. You know, we talk about the baseball because you and I both work again a ton yeah. of baseball guys. So, like, how important is the size well, factor? You, um, how how far do you need to hit the ball over the fence to make it a home run? Um, I don't know. If anybody listened to the last podcast, don't so, ask me to do math. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, for anybody listening, I was right the whole time. Y'all got me confused, and you know that math is not my strong suit. <laughs> so, we got, uh, you know, I, I run into this problem with one of my uh, softball girls. Um, she can hit she can hit bombs, all right? But they everywhere she goes, they want to put uh, 20 pounds on her. Uh, you know, how far over the fence do you need to hit the ball? I, I, I don't know. Um you know, it's exactly. Uh, you know, you got you got an arm on you. Um, I have rarely seen a lot of mass contribute to throwing velocity. 
excess Agreed. mass can decrease your running velocity, even if it's even if it's mm -hmm. what you call good weight. Um, you you got to have a certain amount of it, but certainly um, it had better be muscle that you can use. Yeah, but see, you talk about like you rarely see mass actually increase throwing velocity. Again, one of the most common things is a pitcher who walks in and says, you know, coach says I need to gain 10 more pounds, you know, to so I can up my view. I think I think Dr. Heenan talks a lot about it. And I like Dr. Heenan. Like, I, you know, I doubt he's listening to this, but I, I like Dr. Heenan. I think he has a lot of good information for sure. But I, I, don't, I don't know, like, how, how do you feel about that, like, specific scenario? So I'm a pitcher. Will adding another 10 pounds increase my velocity another – Two three miles an hour, and and there there are probably a handful of kids out there where that might be true. But specifically going into a weight room and gaining that ten pounds, probably not. Usually just natural maturation and everything else, uh, just natural growth and strength. Yes, um, can strength help to a certain degree? Yes. Well, mass, 15 pounds, I mean, specifically 15 pounds of mass, help it? <laughs> you know, I'm going to say that that person, as they gain velocity, they're going to put a certain amount of mass on. In most cases, you know, whether they lift or not, just from growth, just, for, you know. But, you know, mm -hmm. good luck trying to find me somebody, an, an adult, a young adult who specifically needs to gain 15 pounds goes in the weight room puts on that 15 pounds of muscle and increases their velocity i've never seen that yeah. never that's not to say that a certain amount of muscle is not going to benefit that athlete we're talking about specifically throwing velocity uh no <laughs> you know you know yeah. go find I mean, them I... go find them uh strength now remember we're talking about mass Right, right. Strength? We're not talking about strength. Yes, maybe. Mass, eh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm open <laughs> to it. Go find them, and I'll... I'll uh, you know, in fact, I think it actually could make it worse because now you're talking about, you know, we've talked about before that the, the Russians figured this out years ago, okay? No, this isn't the Putin price hike, okay? Like, they figured out years ago that how fast muscles turn on and off is what separates the elite athlete from the, you know, from the average athlete. And so let's just, now I've been training 20 plus years and like I'm, I'm 220, like that's as big as I'm getting, you know, but like as you increase mass is going to require more energy. You're going to have to recruit more motor units. I think it makes the body less efficient personally, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of my, my general theory on it. If you put too much on, I think it's going to actually, it can hinder you more than it can help you. Um, because now you've got bigger muscle that requires more energy. Just because you have bigger muscle because you train like a bodybuilder and try to look like the liver king doesn't necessarily mean you can recruit all that muscle. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, you better you better be able to use it. You better be able to coordinate it. Um, so. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, I feel like guys use the Raldis Chapman example all the time. You know, the, the Yankees closer. I mean, the dude throws just freaking, you know, gas i mean 105 miles an hour i, I don't think he's touching that these days or he maybe i don't know um it, it doesn't maybe if it was 99 or 100 or whatever it's still ridiculous but it's like 
What if he actually stopped yeah. training like a bodybuilder? Maybe he could have increased his velocity even more. Or maybe he could have stayed at 107 miles an hour as he got older rather than dropping off into the mid-upper 90s or wherever he is. Because right. I do know he's dropped off, you know. But, like, you look at the dude's arms and they're the yep. size of my legs, you know. And so, like, what happened if he stopped training like a bodybuilder? Like, I had to get on one of my pictures the other day because he was doing bicep curls. And I, like, just it wasn't part of the program. I'm like, why are you doing curls? Uh, bro, I got to have huge arms. I got to have big arms, man. It matters. No, it, it doesn't matter at right. all. <laughs> like, like, it doesn't matter at all. What matters is how well you pitch. And, you know, if you hit that you know, 94, 95, 96 mark, whatever it is that we're trying to hit, and if you pitch well – they don't give a damn right. about how big your arms are. In fact, I think you, I think it gets worse. I think as you start to focus on that type of stuff, especially if they're an elastic dominant athlete, if you go too far over the edge, then you know I, I think you know you take away from what, like you were talking about earlier what their body's natural tendency is. And I've seen that happen a lot of guys, times too. I'll have guys that are elastic dominant and they kill it. They go to college, and you know they see this immediate benefit because. The coaches are very, you know, strength-centered and frictional-centered, you know. So, you know, we're going to do the big lifts and, you know, we're going to get quote-unquote strong with curls and hashtag grinding it out. And so, yeah, initially they may see some improvement just because they're naturally, you know, elastic dominant. So building up the friction a little bit, help kind of balance that out a little bit, they improve. But then guess what? Their arm explodes in a year, two years. I cannot count the amount of times I've seen that happen at D1 level, like high level. And for if you don't know where we are located, we are in the south. And there is some damn good baseball in this area. Um, and football, too. Which, by the way, the Alabama yeah. UT game was ridiculous. <laughs> it, I well, don't watch that. Well, the, you know, the, um, I, w- one of the examples um, that uh, one of, one of uh, Jay Schroeder's athletes, uh, Ryan Madsen, I, I remember seeing a video of him. This is what you toward the end of his career i mean i think i think ryan was 37 years old i, I want to say he was 37 years old at the time and he threw 100 miles an hour in a base in a game for the first time okay now you're talking wow. about at this point he's probably a 15 plus year veteran in the uh, major leagues and something i mean i don't remember how many years he was in but you know 12 over 12 um, multi-year uh, veteran in the major leagues, um, 37 years old, I believe, and throws 100 for the first time. So Ryan wow, nice. was very tall, had, a, had long levers, um, but he's not big. You know, he's not massive. Um, uh, so very strong, absolutely, but uh, you definitely not say he's just massive. So – uh, you know, I, I don't, I just don't believe that mass necessarily contributes particularly well. So, I I would agree with that. I would agree. Um, so kind of in summary here, you know, you don't binging's important, but stop trying to be a bodybuilder. Size can be important, but stop trying to be a bodybuilder. So I guess the theme of this is if you're an athlete. Be a freaking athlete and quit trying to be a bodybuilder. You'll have time to be a bodybuilder later on in your career. All right? And when you're ready for that, we can help you with that too. Yes. But, (laughs) you know, um, know, there's a reason reason that we train the way that we train. You know, I brought that up earlier about how we do things. And, 
know, there's a reason that we do it the way we, the way we do it. Like, you know, there's a reason that you don't see a bunch of, you know, commercial equipment in our facility. You know, you don't see that for a reason. There's a reason you don't leg press. You know, there's a reason to do leg extensions. <clears throat> there's a reason for that type of stuff. And it's because if you really want to get to the elite level that you can athletically, you got to train like an athlete and athletes move and you have these energy you know, waves that go through the body. They don't focus on the size of your biceps. So I'm going to close us with actually, yes, with my favorite quote. And my favorite quote, Chris, is education is important, but big biceps are important. <laughs> All right. And I think that needs to be the title of this episode, All actually. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, so guys, that, that wraps up the show for today. Um, remember, guys, we do, we do this for you. We want to give you guys these, the tools to win. So whether you're an athlete, you're the dad, you're the coach, you know, you're the mom, we want to give you this information, and we're giving it to you guys for free. Like, we're not charging anything. We're not running in ads. Like, we want to help grow this community. I mean, part of, you know, me, Chris, and Mandy, I know Mandy hadn't been on the show in a week or two. Um, she's going to be rejoining us here shortly. But, like, our mission is to help see our community succeed. Um, you know, we want to build our communities up to the level of the major markets across the area. And we're, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in bringing this type of, you know, knowledge and information to you. You know, we've, we've, uh, we've been around the block a couple times, um, Chris especially. Um, you know, and so, like, we just want to bring the information. And so, with that, we ask you to share the show, please. You know, share the show, guys. Like, I, I, we have the stats. I know, who's, I know who watches this. I know who listens to this. Share the show because that's how we grow this. We want to, you know, you know, we want to answer your questions. And quite frankly, like if you guys want answers, if you want some things to change, then share the show so maybe coaches or other strength coaches coming up can actually take this information and apply it. Because as you develop, you know, your, um, you know, as you get smarter and you understand how your body works, and you're complaining about how your coach does something, well, maybe if you share the show, maybe they can help learn. And we can all kind of work together. You know, especially in this industry. This industry is a huge, you know, ego-driven industry, and that's not what it's about. That's, that's wrong, we, and we don't want that. So we want to work together. We want to help, you know, grow this. Um, Chris, you got uh, anything you want to yep. close with, Amen, man? brother. Preach. Cool. Cool. All right, well, um, share the show, guys. Remember, you can find us on uh, all social media. Chris is uh, fast underscore. <laughs> well, I don't remember what it is. Fast Chris, what's your tag on? And <laughs> underscore agile underscore 49 on Instagram. Fat That's right. On Instagram. Yep. And then we are uh, at Elite Level Performance on pretty much everything Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can email us info at elitelevelperformance.com if you got any questions. Um, thanks for listening to the show, guys. Have a great day. We love you guys. Appreciate you guys. See ya.